Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Ace is the only national retailer that carries Benjamin Moore paint, which means the paint you trust and a huge selection of colors are right in your neighborhood. And right now, when you buy a sample of Benjamin Moore paint, we'll give you $5 off your next paint purchase. So if you're looking for award-winning service and a new look for your home, look no further than Benjamin Moore paint at Ace. Offer valid on gallons of Benjamin Moore, Clark & Kensington, and Royal Paint. Let me $1-$5 coupon on one gallon purchased at participating Ace stores only. See store for additional details and exclusions. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Ace is the only national retailer that carries Benjamin Moore paint, which means the paint you trust and a huge selection of colors are right in your neighborhood. And right now, when you buy a sample of Benjamin Moore paint, we'll give you $5 off your next paint purchase. So if you're looking for award-winning service and a new look for your home, look no further than Benjamin Moore paint at Ace. Offer valid on gallons of Benjamin Moore, Clark & Kensington, and Royal Paint. Let me $1-$5 coupon on one gallon purchased at participating A stores only. See store for additional details and exclusions. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Episode 200 of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Welcome everyone at Uncle Sam's Soccer Pod. Hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and uh, send in your questions. Also, follow us on Twitter at Uncle Sam's Soccer Pod. You got Justin Sosa, Jake Wachoba, and myself, Stephen Jodrand. Fellas, it's been a little bit. Lots is going on, but let's just begin with the big news here. This is episode 200. Justin, you are fairly... A very new addition. So I don't know what episode this is for you. What, episode five, six, seven, maybe? Probably along those lines, yeah. Jake, you've been, uh, it's been a journey. That's that's all I can say. Yeah, I think it's been about 150 so episodes, I want to say. 140, 150, somewhere in that ballpark. This is the first episode we're going to say there's a warning for language and uh what's the proper terminology we, uh, know, we, we listener discretion advised. advised there we go okay <laughs> so if you rolling around with the kids in the car you might either put this on pause listen back later or maybe just skip the section and, and and we're gonna start off with some some easy stuff let's let's go back to when uh armand used to do the intro jake for today's episode we talk about Austin FC, and me, Stephen, and Jake, and our guest. I forgot our guest's name. That's that's a good one right there. Classic. How many times we had to stop Armand when he said, "Welcome to Uncle Sam's American <laughs> Soccer Podcast," and I'm like, bro, you made up the name. You thought you were the one who coined Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, and you don't even know the damn name oh, of the show. Yes. Oh my god. Oh, I forgot about that. Man, I wish I had that on, on, on tape. How I don't know how many times we've had to tell him it's Uncle Sam's soccer podcast. Ah, Armand. Wow. That yes. Yeah. I mean we've had some great guests on the show too. I mean, all types of guests. I, I think the the best thing is that Jake's first episode was when we were doing an interview with Fox Sports's I announcer, broadcaster, uh, Rob Stone. I was in the uh, I was in my car. Basically in the, in the parking lot at work, and 
This was that was like the first ever show I'd ever done with Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. It was yeah. kind of like, hey, Armand can't make it. Can you can you help us out? And I'm like, yeah, I, I got you guys, but I'm at work. So this is going to be done in my car. It's maybe January or February, Minnesota, so it's freezing. I don't have my car on. I'm shivering in the parking lot. First ever interview I'd ever done in my life. And oh. I was a little nervous for that one. Yeah, I was a little I, nervous I, for that we, one. You definitely stumbled over the first question. But so, it wasn't as bad as a time where I was asking Alexi Lawless a question, and I proceeded to choke on my own uh, saliva. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, – in that one, I actually fanboyed out because it was Alexi Lawless. It was like, oh, this is like this is an all-time great and, and as it relates to soccer in this country. And here I am. You ever get it when the, you're like your spit goes down like your windpipe, or, you know, and you just, you just start coughing and you're hacking and all that? That's what happened to me with Lawless. And <laughs> I had like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> doing that the whole time. And, uh, yeah, not my proudest moment, I, I, I will say, on this show. That's that. Justin, you, when you spoke with uh, Hartford athletic owner bruce mandel on the the previous episode you got a little bit nervous if we're, we're not gonna lie here yeah no i was i was yeah i was really nervous just i mean i've interviewed people before but just not to be recorded and then heard for other people to hear um but yeah i mean i was texting you before we actually recorded that episode like scared out of my mind that i was gonna just you were also oh, flying solo. You were flying solo for it. You didn't have me or Steven to really lean on it as it related to questions. Yeah, because, like, I mean, I'm, I'm self-conscious as it is about my voice, like, sounding too dreary. And so, like, as soon as I kind of realized I was the one that kind of had to, I guess, keep momentum going for the episode, whether it be with questions or discussion, I don't know. I just had, I like, I felt like my voice was just going to sound horrible in the recording, but it, it wasn't too bad afterwards. Yeah, let's uh, let's pull out some other good uh archives here's another classic armand now zlatan's getting balls they're actually nice i think that one made the cut <laughs> i think that one actually did make the cut but i <laughs> uh you know i man oh yeah that's that's i mean justin i don't think you've heard this one listeners we'll talk more about the matchup with France Friday morning as we get you ready for the U.S. Women's National Team versus La Bleus. But real quickly, what? It's Les Bleus. Bleus. I don't speak French, Stephen. This is an American podcast. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. This is an American. We speak English in this podcast. We We don't dabble in French, okay? I'm sorry. Here's oh. the thing. You actually speak French, Stephen, and you let me. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't, that'd I don't be, know where you know, that came from. Yeah, I don't know. That. I mean, come on. That'd be, be like you trying to speak Portuguese. I'm sure Justin would be like, what, what are you well, – what's me, going I'm on here? I don't, know Justin, name already. I don't know if Justin even knows how to speak Portuguese. I'm just assuming he I, does know how to speak Portuguese. I'm going to let you assume that I do. All right, perfect. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll give that. Here, uh, here's, here's another good one. Fast-paced. Shifty movement. Brilliant skill. Goal! It's the counterattack with Jake Watroba. Holy fucking shit. All you gotta do is play. <laughs> I don't even remember the context of that, but I, 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 I saw it. I sounded pissed, huh? 
it just I, I don't I don't I don't remember where that one came from. I really I really don't. But, but you have it saved for a reason. <laughs> I have it saved for a reason. We got two more here. It's for Armand too, so we'll we definitely should, have to check that out. Definitely got to go some down. Point. Go down, drink a beer, enjoy the fans. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got to play my all time favorite. You got to right. play the all time favorite episode. This episode two hundred. Here we go. We're, we're pulling out our favorite. Our, our favorite moment on Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast that we've had that has never made air until this very moment. Today. How much snow did you get? Uh, I don't know. I, it, I, don't, I really don't know. I, three, four, five inches? I don't, I don't know. Uh, That's it, nice. Do I get the over or the under in that one? <laughs> you get the over, no worries. Oh, shit. Did you purposely do that? Oh, yeah. You win. You get the over. I'm a funny guy, my guy. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Fucking crying. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. Peeled back the curtain there a little bit. Uh, in the oh, last two Jake, the, that was that moment. If you listen to the recording, Jake awkwardly doesn't laugh, and then suddenly it's an explosion of laughter because you want you thought we're just gonna roll right through this. We're just gonna sometimes sometimes you mute your mic. It's like a you know <laughs> so you can laugh or say something when you're recording these shows. And uh, I muted my mic. I'm sure to laugh, and then I heard you gut laugh. And at that point, I realized it's game over. We're not. That's not making a show. We should finally laugh about it. So, uh, Justin, there'll, there'll be moments like that for sure. Listeners, episode two hundred. We just want to say a big thank you. Without you guys, we wouldn't be continuing recording. We're so happy Justin's part of the team. And uh, yeah, let's let's kick off episode two hundred. And fellas, there's a lot of sports going on, right? And it seems to be almost on steroids. Tour de France, six days after Champions League final, where Bayern Munich beat PSG. Tour, tour de France, of course, you would mention the Tour de France. <laughs> What's wrong with the Tour de <laughs> you're France? The only, you're the only person recording slash listening to this show that gives a damn about the Tour de France. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, the, uh, the, the Community Shield takes place between Arsenal and Liverpool. Six days after the Champions League final, Europe's ready to kick off gear. You got the Nations League coming up. You got the NFL just around the corner. Obviously, the NBA, MLB, MLS, NHL, Liga MX are all underway. What I do want to say is, man, there's almost too much sports on the TV right now that I can't keep track of it all. No, no, you're right. When everything is jammed into one small window i guess if you will it's hard to it's hard to focus on it you know like this time of the year for me is just soccer and baseball i don't have the nba and nhl 
typically at my disposal, you know, August, September. You know, that's that's baseball and soccer time. Yeah, I guess, and the NFL in that case too, with with September. So there's a lot of com- there's a lot of sports competing for my eyeballs. And Stephen, I know that that's the same for you. Now, Justin, I know you are more just a soccer guy. You don't dabble in the other leagues. Maybe this maybe this kind of misses you a little bit because uh, I don't believe your attention is really focused on the NBA right now or the NHL. I know you don't care for baseball particularly. And you uh, in, in a in a text you had asked <laughs> earlier this week of. The Colts, they play in Indianapolis, right? So that's how I know how much of an NFL guy you are. <laughs> well, yeah, because, like, I don't follow the NFL. I just know – I also know that there's, like, there's the Broncos and the Colts. And I was like, well, they're both relevant to horses. I just don't remember which cities they play in. But, yeah, I mean, as far as the NBA goes, I mean, like, I'm a casual Sixers fan, and they're getting absolutely beat by Boston. So I was like, eh, the casualty can stop this season. Um, but the Golden Knights are three one up on the Canucks in their series, so that's kind of sick. Did you have to look uh, that up? I did, I, I, did I did catch last night's game. Which I, I, I think I see you on my monitor. Did you have to look that up to make sure you knew what the series? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I I now have two screens, so like I'm looking sideways, but I'm looking at you guys. Okay, fair and enough. Now I'm looking at my laptop. Fair enough. But, um, <laughs> more importantly, this damages MLS's opportunity, right? They had it with MLS back. Now, with everything else going on, the return of European soccer, and then you have international soccer on top of that. It seems like MLS kind of the sport or the league somewhat forgotten here. Yeah, I, I, I think the same problem from the Orlando tournament kind of hit MLS's quote-unquote regular season um, and the fact that, like, I mean, and we've complained about this too, that, like, MLS is, in terms of marketing, is just not there. Um <laughs> Justin, you can be a little more critical than that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in comparison to the other major league sports, like they just don't advertise their games or like their seasons or even like rivalry weeks, like as well as, as other, as the NFL would or the MLB or NHL or what have you. Um, th- you know, they didn't do that with the, with the Orlando tournament and they failed to do it with the regular season now. And I mean, they're, they're suffering consequences, which I think, Anybody who was paying attention could have been like, "Yeah, th- this isn't really too much of a surprise." Uh, it almost it almost feels like, as it relates to the Orlando tournament, that MLS just kind of went with, uh, "Well, we're the only thing on TV, so what else are you gonna watch? We don't need to we don't need to advertise anything." And I think that bit them in the ass a little bit. It to me, and this has always been my thing, and you know, as it relates to MLS, is the marketing side. I mean, whether it's marketing the games or whether it's marketing a brand or a, a team i mean look at I mean, a month ago or not even a month ago two three weeks ago we were how many you the three of us were complaining about st louis city fc or sc or whatever the hell we're calling them we were talking about how poor branding that is or charlotte or you know whoever it may be and that MLS, i forgot I, I, i'm not gonna lie i completely forgot about that it just seems like MLS has its head up its ass and doesn't know what it's almost like, well, we're the only soccer. We're the only major league. I'm using quotes here, major league soccer league in this country. So therefore you should pay attention to us. Well, newsflash, you're not the NFL. There are other leagues on this continent and on this planet that are uh, a, in terms of quality better than you and B, that are also drawing more eyeballs. So you need to do something or figure out something to a market your product 
whether it's your players or the clubs, to make yourself more tractable and put yourself out there. Because let's face it, when you're competing against the NBA, when you're competing against Major League Baseball and the National Hockey League, no one's watching and no one's going to watch. And nobody has any reason to talk about you because no one knows who the hell your players are. In terms of like player names and households, they're getting a little bit better in that respect. But I agree 100%. When it comes to like if an M- if an MLS game is on in comparison to another major league sport, given depending on who's playing, I would think for most major league, other major leagues, whatever, if they're competing for like a time slot with MLS, most casual American sports fans are going to go with a different sport other than soccer. Yeah, I saw an ESPN FC on their YouTube, uh, yeah, on their YouTube channel. And they were talking about what La Liga is going to do without Messi and how Barcelona and La Liga is about to lose its biggest traction. And we don't often think about it because MLS is competing against the NBA, the NHL, the NFL. We don't often put our thinking caps on realize that MLS is also competing. And we do say this, but for some reason it still feels like apples and oranges. Just like La Liga is competing with the Premiership, Serie A, the German Bundesliga, Liga to to a lesser extent. MLS is competing on almost two different uneven playing fields. One in the American domestic sports world, arguably the biggest there is in the world. Right? I mean, we talk about the best athletes. They tip. I don't think it is arguable. I think it is. I think oh. this is the biggest sports marketplace in the world. And I'm gonna take your, your, your what you're saying one step further. They're also competing against League MX. This is my thing with MLS. You can't be king of the world if, unless, you know, be king of your region. Be king of your continent. And right now, there's more eyeballs focused on what's going on in Mexico than there is as it relates to what's going on in the States. Not until 2026. Well, that's a different episode there, Stephen. We yes. can talk about a yes. League MX MLS yes. merger, which I'm for. Do it. I think that's a great idea. And you can send your hate mail at Jake Watroba uh, to tell me why it's a bad idea that MLS would merge with League MX. <laughs> I think it's the best thing for the game in this country. Jake, but don't, don't take us down that road. We don't. No, we don't we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Send in your hate mail. We'll, we can talk about it on Twitter. We don't need to talk about it on this episode. But be bigger than than League MX. You know, it's one thing to compete against the NFL, the NBA. You can't compete with the Premier League or, or, or La Liga. If you can't compete against League MX, it doesn't matter. What, Justin, to to, to extent uh, to push this further, if Christian Pulisic, which I have a theory that Christian Pulisic will either go to Barcelona or Real Madrid in the next four or five years, and I said this before Christian Pulisic dragged Chelsea into the Champions League and into the FA Cup final. If Christian Pulisic makes that move, it signifies that MLS will never, ever have the top U.S. men's national team player because the precedent has been set and we'll, we'll get to uh, Weston McKinney, hopefully on this episode, if not the next, has been set that w- we want our American players who are young, who are bright, who are talented to play at the world's elitist clubs. And that is great if you're the U.S. soccer fan. That is not what you want as an MLS owner, fan, pundit, analyst, front office, executive. My thing with MLS is I I think with what they're going for in terms of being a 
selling league. Uh, they don't mind not having the Christian Pulisics and the Gio Reynas playing here. Like, I think they're fine with a player like Josie Altidore, who's had his time with the national team. And, and I mean, is still, a, if he's healthy, a, a relatively big part of, of the national team and everything playing with Toronto. Um, but, but I think they're really trying to mirror what the Bundesliga is doing in terms of like playing attractive soccer, but also having these players that are really exciting to watch. Yeah. Uh, majority being young, but at the same time, they have older players who have been there for a while, like the Lewandowski's and the Mullers of the league. Um, but, but Justin, I, I get your point and that's, that's completely fair. And there's nothing wrong with that. The, the problem is MLS to me, this is my personal opinion, still misses the the star player between the age of 26 and 30 that is absolutely the best. The Bundesliga is a fair comparison if you're comparing it to the mid-table clubs, if not the bottom clubs. Like To compare MLS to the Bundesliga when you got Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund, who Dortmund were in the Champions League final seven years ago. Bayern Munich just won the Champions League. They're the king of the continent. They just won the treble. I think the the better argument is not MLS should want young US men's national team players to play in MLS at an early age and then sell them off. Then you have the players forever tied, just like Alfonso Davies is forever tied with the Vancouver uh Whitecaps. Whatever well, he let me let me cut you off here in Justin's defense here, Stephen. I think he may be seeing that actually. Yeah, I, I was gonna I say. Think I think mean, Reggie Cannon, like, Reggie Cannon going to Boa Vista. Did I say that correct? Is Boa Vista is that the the, the the Portuguese club? And then yes. you also, uh, I mean, Zach Steffen going to Man City. Weston McKinney's uh, tied with FC Dallas. Kind of. You had Chris Richards who was in the FC, FC Dallas, Dallas Academy yeah. going to Bayern Munich. Granted, he hasn't made. I don't believe he's made an appearance with the national, the senior national team. Correct me if I'm wrong. There, one of you two might know better. But I think you are seeing that, and you even saw DeAndre Yedlin leaving Seattle Sounders for Tottenham. Uh, five, six, seven years ago, whenever, whenever that was. So I, I, I don't think that there isn't a precedence here where we get these men's national team players coming into MLS and they just stay in MLS. I think the the, the crown jewel of that example might be Jordan Morris, i.e., I got a puppy, I got to stay in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> but I do think there are men's national team players that come into MLS and then do uh, they, they, they do get sold off to European clubs. I don't think it's just you're in MLS, you're stuck yeah, but in MLS. My, my thing is it's I'm waiting for – because the Bundesliga is able to balance the development You're waiting side. for a mass sell-off where you just see every window. One, yes, two, yes three, ideally four that's what I want. If Not then, just we have this one player in MLS that goes off to Europe. Like we had that's this the thing, it's like, window with Reggie Cannon. Right. It's, it's one player, and to me that's not enough. And fine, you want to say it's a slow process, fine. But until then, I think MLS is still behind. Until you got to crawl see... before you walk. You got to crawl before you walk. Fine, but how long have we seen MLS crawl thing, or be told that they crawl? Let's 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 take this. I don't I don't know the exact year DeAndre Yedlin was sold from Sounders to Tottenham, but I feel like every window now we are now seeing at least one U.S. men's yeah. national team player making the jump to Europe. I mean, I just saw a rumor a couple of days ago where it was pe- linking Paxton Palmicall to AC Milan. That could be yeah. something that happens I, in, the, well, in December or January. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I think. The other thing is, like, there are – my thing, too, is with, with MLS being, like, in its year schedule and not, like, starting at the end of one year, beginning at the other. Um, Like, these young players are obviously really, really good, and they're breaking into MLS first teams because they're part of, the, like, the best players in those teams. 
Um, I just feel like MLS teams are, this isn't like a big solution to this problem, but like it's, I feel like they're less reliant to let those kids go midway through the season when they don't have players to come in and, and fill that void, like in the middle of the summer and they still have another six months of games to play. Um, and then as far as like players like Jordan Morris, not leaving MLS, I mean, like, I think those are the types of players that like, if they went to Europe, those are the players that you're really unsure about hitting the mark in Europe. Like they're, they're clearly good enough to do well in this league and they're, they're potentially going to be superstars in this league, like a Darlington Nagby, so to speak, but you're still not a hundred percent sure how they're going to do in Europe. And I mean, I, I, I personally will hold nothing against Jordan Morris as a player if he never goes to Europe. I, I would absolutely love it if he stayed in MLS and I got to You're watch fraud. him play. You're a fraud. Because <laughs> you don't agree with me. Because you don't agree with me. <laughs> that's, that's, what, like, that's what I'm saying. Like if, he's, if, if, he's, he's my whipping boy, all right? In terms of just, I just love to beat up on Jordan Morris and the, and the whole puppy thing. So, <laughs> I mean, that's fair. But like players like... Players like Morris and players like Muller and, and, and Miles Robinson and Darlington Nagby's an older generation player, but still players like him who come out of college maybe and, and just really kick off in MLS and start to really develop as players throughout each season uh, when they become pros. Like those are the players who I feel like make the league more exciting because they are American and you see them have genuine talent. But they don't necessarily have to go to Europe to prove that they're talented. They can stay that, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't. There's nothing wrong with that. But I also think MLS front offices are hindering player movements. What about Aaron Long? Right. Justin's a big Red Bull guy. He can speak to the to the Aaron Long situation. Yeah, I mean the Aaron Long situation. I was pissed about too because it would have been cool to see him go to Europe. Maybe not West Ham like he was supposed to because they're not doing so hot right now. Would have looked um, great at Reading. Would have looked great at Reading. I mean, but yeah, but, like you saw what happened with Matt Miazga when he left the Red Bulls and went to Chelsea, and, and now he's on endless loans. I mean, it happens to every kind of Chelsea young player, player. That Chelsea picks up <laughs> that doesn't immediately go into the first team. But like, I didn't want to see that for him. I wanted to see him go to a club, and whether he have to share time on the bench or in the starting lineup, I just wanted him to be at one club to have the opportunity to prove himself and. It didn't feel like West Ham was going to provide that, so I'm in that regard. I'm happy they didn't sell him, but I'm also kind of upset with the way that MLS just did not well, no, allow but then, him. But, but that's one example. Then you have Luciano Acosta when he was with DC United. PSG went in on him, and they wanted more money. And it's, I think, I think there was a two million dollar difference, Stephen, when that was all said and done. I think, I think. PSG offered like ten million, and I think DC United wanted twelve, if I remember correctly. Whatever I think that it was, may, what yeah. last summer? Yeah, it, it was. It was in terms of dollar and cents on the transfer market. What's two million dollars? You're moving players. MLS doesn't have a foundation. They don't have skin in the game to say we demand more because a lot of this is still unknown. The league's been around for twenty five bleeping years. MLS sometimes carries itself like they've been around for hundreds of years. And it's a problem. It hinders players' growth. And if you look at that, those two transactions, those failed transactions by the Red Bulls and DC United, if you're a player, I don't know if the club has my best interest. Now, on the flip side, they'll look at the Vancouver Whitecaps, and wow, maybe they do have the best interest, my best interest in here. FC Dallas is probably a good uh, a good example. I think they do have more so than not the interest of the players when it comes to moving them 
abroad. They have a, they can now point to Reggie Cannon, Pax and Pomico when that happens, Chris Richards, Weston McKinney. Like they can literally just point through all these players. But it's it's give and take. I think it really depends on which club you're talking about. With that, as we've blown all our time on, uh, Justin's MLS recap from the weekend. we got to come up with a more clever name than that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jake, give That's us the side effects. Justin's yeah. um, MLS recap. Recap, recap, recap. There's an echo in the background there. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, uh, as far as uh, a weekend for young Americans, I mean, it was great. Uh, all of Twitter kind of blew up about it. We had goals from... Busio, Bassett, Omir Fernandez, Chris Mueller, Brennan Aronson, Keaton Parks, Jesus Ferrer, Caden Cowell, and Jordan Morris. Um, first starts or first start for Ricardo Pepe from Dallas, and a debut for Moses Nyman uh, for DC United. Then we had Orlando quote unquote upset Atlanta. Um, if you want to call it an upset, I'm putting quotes around it. It yes, because I think I think that was the first time they beat Atlanta ever, isn't it? Yeah, it his, yeah, and in Atlanta too, which is that's an upset. Crazy. I think I think that's an upset. I don't think you need to quote unquote it. So, I think that's so just an upset. Yeah, in front of all those thing, fans, right? Jake, such such a tough place to play in front of all of those. Oh, I get boy. it. I get it. Atlanta didn't even qualify out of the group. I get it. They yeah, look like I, you know, was... dog bleep in Orlando. <laughs> I'm still saying it's an upset, and they yeah, and they, I, they don't have a head coach. I don't even know who the hell the Orlando's coach is at this point. You know, it's still an upset. You, um, you mean you know Orlando's coach, Oscar Prayer. You don't know Atlanta's coach. I don't know Atlanta's coach. Frank DeBoer is no longer there. I don't know. Glasses, Jake. I don't know who I'm going to dump on anymore as an MLS. <laughs> I don't. I got to figure that out. I'm like, I, I, I feel lost right now, guys. You're going to help me out. It's I'm stuck in the woods. It's dark. Frank DeBoer's gone. <laughs> um, I need help. Well, I can glad you gladly introduce you to DC United, who, in my opinion, oh Ben Olsen, I know uh, that guy. That guy sucks. absolutely horrendous philly smashed them 4-1 is it time for dc to yes, the yes, panic button yes, on yes 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 i agree 100 yes. percent. i think the guys just i mean sucks yeah. you can say sucks it's okay yeah, this is, this I, is, it, without it like but seriously seriously without wayne rooney this guy would have been gone like two seasons ago okay would he have been gone or would dc united have been substantially worse and him still be employed because I don't think what, I, oh, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Because if yeah, at this point, DC does not seem to want to move on. Yeah, from them. and I just think it's it's. I mean, we've had conversations about the ambitions of clubs and whether they're willing to fire coaches or not. But like, I I just think even for a team that's not fighting in a relegation promotion league, like ten years, I, I probably more of this guy like just putting out mediocre results and finishes. I, I don't know. It, uh, for a team like they were, this. They, why? So why was Wayne Rooney that good then? Because it, it seems like it was it just the right concoction of players and Ben Olsen's system maybe works I, if he has the talent. Or is it that Ben Olsen is really not good. Wayne Rooney is just really good. He knows soccer. So he probably implemented some of Wayne Rooney's tactics into the game. He got the players to buy in, and the next thing you know, they started to string some wins, and they're in the playoffs, and then boom. I, I think they I think the high they got when Wayne Rooney kind of came into the team is, is something you see with, like, other teams when they get a new head coach. is like they just get this newfound confidence, and, you know, like they're suddenly playing with this different, you know, free-flowing energy. And, like, Wayne Rooney brought just a different mentality to that team, and he, he's in England great, so... I would imagine he helped the confidence in that locker room a lot when he came in. 
Um, they still had Lucho Acosta there too, which was beneficial for them. But now they don't really have a star name to kind of bail them out. But moving on, LA Galaxy come from behind to beat San Jose in the Cali Classico. Um, Wait, but that's that's what's really interesting. The Galaxy also beat LAFC, and uh, LAFC is still the Galaxy's bitch. If you ask me. <laughs> I just I think LA Galaxy have proven they are still the best soccer team in California. Um, so wait, whoa, 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 Okay. Uh, now, I, I, I slept. I took a nap <laughs> during the Galaxy LA. I took a nap during El Trafico. It was a great nap. I'm not sure if the game was great, but the nap was. <laughs> what What makes you say the Galaxy are the best team in California? Are you saying because they've won the most trophies, or are you saying because no, what I'm, you've I'm, seen? I'm solely saying that because they have beaten San Jose and LAFC in the regular season. There's oh, literally no context okay. behind this. I am okay. just saying not the numbers, not saying the, the best results. In California because they look to be the best team in MLS or whatever it may be. You're just saying because oh, yeah. they beat no, LAFC. No, 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 no. LAFC, LAFC, I think, objectively has a more talented team. I just um, wanted to I just wanted to dig you yeah. out of the hole because I had yeah, some yeah, yeah. I just, as of right now, going head-to-head with at other California Justin teams. Sosa, listeners, at Justin Sosa. You heard it here. 99. The Galaxy are the best team in California at Justin Sosa for all your reaction. Our Orange County fans are going to be very upset I said that. But <laughs> moving on. Uh, RSL were down 4-2 to Portland, and they came back and tied 4-4. I think both of their goals came like after the 85th minute, and their fourth one saw Corey Baird dribble past Diego Chara and Christian Paredes as if they were traffic cones, which I thought was insane. Um, but what's, got- what happened? To, wait, wait, wait. wait. I got to pick, pick on you for this. What happened to you know, Portland wins MLS is back? Right, and well, then they allow they, they then they MLS allow not MLS it. Cup. He said MLS is back on MLS Cup. There's a big difference there. Did I say Cup? Yeah, I said MLS is back. Yeah. What did you say, Stephen? I'm. I I've thought I said MLS is back. Well, well, you know, we're you know, let's not let the facts get in the way of a, of a good, good discussion story. here. Exactly. <laughs> My point. No, but but seriously though, Portland is presumptive. Uh, what going into this regular season, the best team, the team that beat, they just won MLS back, allowing two goals late. That's that's not a good. That's not a good sign for for Portland. I mean, is is it just one game, uh, Justin, or is there something we should really be concerned about? Because two goals in the ninety and the ninety fourth minute from uh Real Salt Lake and Giuseppe Rossi getting that that ninetieth minute uh goal. Yeah, considering they also lost the last game 3-0 to the Seattle Sounders, um, after being, I mean, I don't want to say like a relatively decent defensive team in the tournament because they did give away a penalty in like every game but the final, I think, um, and conceded a goal in every game at the tournament. But like they are getting absolutely torn apart now in the regular season, which I think is kind of crazy. Maybe it just comes from the benefit of not of the other team not feeling the pressure of being in a knockout game. It's more of like a league game. We're fighting for points and not necessarily to stay alive. Um, 
but yeah, I think, I think even though it's only two games, they've conceded seven goals in those two games. And it's kind of time to reassess what exactly. they're doing in the back. Uh, I see, uh, I see Seattle got revenge against LAFC. You want to tell me more about yeah. that? Uh, Jordan Morris and the Seattle Sounders uh, took advantage of LAFC not having Edward Etuesta in midfield and being like one of the worst teams, I think in MLS defensively, like you can say everything you want about their attacking uh, in terms of goal scoring, whatever, but in terms of the defensive side, I absolutely hate Kenneth Ramirez, a goalkeeper. I said it in the first game of the season that I don't think he should be starting even in MLS as a goalkeeper. Um, (laughs) Jake, you popped up when uh, Justin said that. No, I know he doesn't like Kenneth Vermeer. I know. We've had this discussion. He didn't like Kenneth Vermeer, I think, as of, like, game one of MLS's yeah. back tournament. He... He's he's not a good goalkeeper, and I think he showed it again in this game. Even though the first goal, I don't think any goalkeeper would have saved it. He, he, he just had a poor game after that, too, when it came to Jordan Morris's goals. I know um, I know he's out for the season, but they would you say they missed Tyler Miller? Would you say that the, the use of that international roster spot had they just hung on to Tyler Miller, they would have been better served uh, this season. Whether that you know to use that to buff up their the, the defending or the midfield, whatever yeah. it may be. Uh, absolutely. I mean, like, listen. Even if Tyler Miller isn't considered an elite goalkeeper to MLS standards, at least he is still consistently average. Whereas Kenneth Vermeer is just night and day, depending on if he wants to be good or bad. Um, Damn, bro! No one asked you to kill the man on this podcast. True. I mean, you've seen like he just—I—I I have not seen any game from him where I've been like, "All right, yeah, I, I think this guy was a good signing." I don't think he's worth the international roster spot. I don't think he should be starting for a team of LAFC's caliber, even if they are poor defensively in general. But like, if you're going to be that poor defensively, you at least need a goalkeeper who can competently save shots. And I don't think Vermeer is going to provide that. Um, but that's my piece on that game. And then, like we said, Toronto continues to clearly be the best team in Canada. Um, oh, wow. And... Shocking. <laughs> a, very, a very low bar has been set there. Oh, Our legit goodness. question of the day. To at take, Unk to Sam go full, Soccer Pod. At Unk Sam, we're going to go full circle on this podcast here. We talked about it earlier today. You mentioned goals from uh, Busio and Aronson. And we talked about MLS players going to Europe. Busio or Aronson, who goes to Europe first, Justin? Aronson. And the last recap of this weekend is Nashville got their first home win over Miami. There, they, they, there you have it. I mean, they get to play Miami. I think everybody gets their first home win against Miami. So I, li- I, I, I have to say, as, as we're closing this out, I like this segment. Justin's weekend MLS recap. I like this. We give commentary, Jake. We get to ask Justin some questions. We give our opinions. <laughs> I have a few drinks to me. I get a little rowdy and rambunctious. I start yelling at Justin about dumb stuff. And... Take us home, Jake. All right, you can follow the show on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod. We always enjoy your feedback and comments. So, as always, continue to send them in. And uh, don't forget, question of the day, who is the best team in MLS? As Steven said, we are, what, match day four, I guess, now, or seven or whatever the hell it is at this point. Probably too early to tell. So let us know on Twitter, whether it's Portland or LAFC or whomever it is. I wanted to really ask Justin this question. So, Justin, 15 seconds. Reggie Cannon to Boa Vista. Your thoughts? I think he's going to have a solid first season in Portugal, and he will end up moving to Lille once they sell their right backs to to some big European team. 
there you have it. That's all I wanted. That's all you, that's all you need to know. So uh, stick around. Stay tuned. We have our uh, uh, we have our Liga Nos or Primaria Liga for uh, uh, Justin Sosa on the show. You can follow him at that's, Justin Sosa. Episode 300. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> you can follow Stephen John Rand at Stephen John Rand. And uh, you can follow myself at Jake Petroba. I believe I asked you all to send in your hate mail. I can't remember what it's for. I'm a little intoxicated. But if you send me it in, I'm sure I'll remember. Uh, for Stephen and Justin, I am Jake. We will talk to you guys next time. Deuces. Advancements in the medical field are giving nurses faster, more effective results than ever before. They should expect the same from their education, too. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format allows you to set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move faster through your program. So the faster you move, the more money you save. When you're ready, we'll be here. Visit capella.edu for a trial course at no cost to you. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. Advancements in the medical field are giving nurses faster, more effective results than ever before. They should expect the same from their education, too. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format allows you to set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move faster through your program. So the faster you move, the more money you save. When you're ready, we'll be here. Visit capella.edu for a trial course at no cost to you. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter.